The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. He appeared, his appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb, and with fear and great joy they ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them, and he said, Greetings. They came up and they took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The Gospel of our Lord. So on the message this morning, a few years ago now, my my grandmother gave me this, this fishing pole. And she said that my grandfather wanted... Um, her to give it to me. He told her to tell me the story related to this fishing pole one more time, that it was his best, it would be his last gift to me. So Grandma told me, she said, one summer when you were maybe five or six years old, um, your parents drove from New Mexico to Iowa. That's a long drive from the southern parts of New Mexico to Iowa. And it was your first time you would see the lake um, this Lake Okaboji when it was in the summer. We're going to show a picture here in a minute. Now I need to tell you that that lake is big and it's beautiful. There it is. That's just the part of it. I think that's just Miller's Bay looking across. But big and it's beautiful, clear blue waters. Um, great, big trees lining the shoreline. Beautiful houses. They're well kept tucked in those trees in that shoreline. It was my first time that this lake in the summertime, and they decided to take me fishing. Now, normally my grandfather liked to sleep in the mornings, and he would go fishing in the evenings, right? But on this day, they decided they were going to get up early, and we were going to go fishing. So they go in there, and they knock on the door. Grandma says, time to wake up, Jeffrey. It's time to get ready. Time to get dressed. Go potty. Go brush your teeth. We're going fishing today. So Grandma... When I come out, she's got this great big bag, kind of a cotton bag with handles on it. And it's got great snacks, just packed with great snacks. And then she's got this little ice chest that has the drinks and some ice in it. And then she's carrying this little battery-operated radio. And that's what she'd take out on the boat. And they found a way to listen to big band era music, if I remember right. If they were going to listen to something, that's what they listened to. 
You know, Grandpa, he was already outside, and he had those orange life jackets, the ones you kind of just drape over you and tie around your waist, and then boat cushions that could function both as life preserver type things, but mostly it was just for comfort. He had that. He had the fishing rods and the tackle box, and he had everything else needed to go fishing. We go down, we get in this little boat, and then off we go. Well, instead of going straight to the fishing spot, Grandma, Grandpa takes my grandmother and I, and we go to this dock near a church camp. This church camp is on the edge of a lake there in Miller's Bay. It overlooks Miller's Bay. And he drops us off so that at that point he can get in this little aluminum fishing boat and he can go really fast across to the other side of the lake so he can pick up his larger 15-foot fiberglass boat. And I don't know if it's getting fixed or something, but he was going to go get that boat. And as he's dropping us off, let's go ahead and maybe get ready for that. As he's dropping us off, he says... I'm only going to be gone for a little while, but I'm coming back to get you, okay? And he looked at my little eyes and, okay. So there we are in the dock. And that's actually in the same spot. It might not be the same wood, but that would be the same dock apparatus that is put out in front of this church camp every year since I was little and before that. That's the dock, and that's a morning picture. So there we're sitting feet dangling over the the water, and off goes Grandpa. As I'm watching this little aluminum fishing boat, I'm watching he's getting smaller and smaller as he's driving across the lake. As he's heading off across, he's getting smaller and smaller. The sound of the engine is getting fainter and fainter. And he must have gone around a corner or something, because when I looked up to see him, suddenly I could not see him anymore. He was gone. At that time, my grandmother, she said, you stood up and you started crying. You started screaming out to the water, Grandpa, please come back. She said, I was panicking, thinking that the boat had sunk or that he had crashed or maybe some big fish swallowed him. But whatever it was, I was scared for Grandpa and she was holding me while I'm crying. She's telling me that it's okay. It's okay, you're going to see him again. She kept telling me that. Just because I can't see him there doesn't mean he's gone. He's just right over there. And he's okay. Remember, Jeffrey, this is what she said. Remember, Jeffrey, he said, I'm coming back for you. She tells me then to turn around and take a look behind me. Then there on the shoreline was a cross. She said, that's the other side of the dock. And there's the church camp and the places they sit. And there's the cross. She said, he can see that cross from just about every place in this lake. And he can even see that cross when it's pitch black darkness of night because that cross lights up bright and you can see it anywhere from across that lake. She said, he can see that cross and he knows right where you are. We stay here. We'll see him again. So there we sat on the edge of the boat dock. Big water before us, church camp and cross behind us. We're waiting. We're watching. Maybe 15 minutes later or so, she said, look over there, Jeffrey. There he is. There in the distance was a little white boat. We watched it. We watched it. It was getting bigger and bigger. And then we could start to hear the motor. And it was getting louder and louder. She said, I stood up and she started screaming. I said, waving my hands. Grandpa, we're here. Grandpa, we're here. 
She said, you were jumping and waving your arms and yelling for him to find us. And Grandma was right. We were going to see Grandpa again. He came back for us. He kept his word. He was big and strong and smart and Grandpa as ever when he finally arrived. And we went fishing. And we ate snacks. And we listened to big band era music on that little radio. And later that week, we worshipped at that evening campfire by that cross. And now years later, after Grandpa's body was tired and his soul returned to the Lord, Grandma handed me this little children's fishing pole. And she said with a smile, Grandpa wanted you to have it. He told me to tell you that story again. You would never forget. It was his best and last gift. Now, while moving, and you know we've been moving a lot in the last couple, three weeks, someone saw this little old fishing pole side of the garage with all kinds of other boxes and stuff around it. And they said, do you want that little Mickey Mouse fishing pole? Or you just want us to put in the trash? Because our dumpster was full all the time with stuff that we were just discarding because we weren't going to move it. Um, and I said, please keep it. We keep it. Because it reminds me of a man who kept his word. And in his own way, he wasn't a preaching type of guy, but in his own way, he taught me about a God who keeps his promises. Now there's one other thing. I ask you to check this out. This is pretty cool too. I need someone up front. You had a chance. Look up, big guy. This Bible right here. This was my grandmother's Bible. And I'm going to find you something. You see there's like handwritten notes in here. Like there's handwritten there. And he's got little tucks of paper right there. I'm going to show you something else. For today's gospel lesson, it comes out of the book of Matthew. The last chapters of Matthew. And interestingly enough, as I was going through boxes and pulling them out boxes to put them on the shelves again this week. And I saw this old Bible. I found, i got to keep this so the papers don't fall out. I found this Bible, and right here, there's a note tucked on it. And what does the note say? Listen to... Let me see if I can help you. Listen to God's Word. Oh, sorry. All right? And then right down here, she had underlined today's Bible verses. And what's the parts that's underlined? What does it say? You must not be afraid. You must not be afraid. And then that other one that's underlined. He's not there. He has been raised, just as he said. He is not there. He's been raised, just as he said. She underlined the words. Handwritten. So when I hold the fishing pole, and I hold the Bible, I believe with all that I am, And that all that I have, that my grandmother and my grandfather alive and well, and they were with Jesus in the presence of the Father and the saints in light. And I believe that I will see my grandparents again. And I believe those things because they showed me with their lives and with the Word of God that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit 
has proven, proven to be a promise keeper. Now we think about the promises kept in the Old Testament about these things. God made promises throughout the Old Testament. As soon as there was a fall in Genesis, you can read it in chapter 3, no sooner than they are removed from the holy places because they have fallen away from God, he says, in your line, someone will be bitten, your heel will be bitten, but he will crush the serpent's head. And that was Jesus. He was bitten, but he crushed the head of sin, death, and the devil. Then in Jeremiah chapter 30, he says, I will raise a prince from among you, and with that prince, I will become your God, and you will be my people. And then in Isaiah chapter 7, he said that this Messiah, this Jesus, would be born of a virgin, and that his name would be Emmanuel. Exactly what happened. Malachi chapter 3, he said, I'm going to send someone ahead of him, a messenger who would go before him, who would prepare for him and would announce his coming. That would be John the Baptist. Isaiah 61, that Jesus would be sent to heal the brokenhearted. Boy, that's what he did all day long. Isaiah 52 or 53, Messiah would be silent before his accusers and he'd be crucified with criminals. Isaiah chapter 50, that the Messiah would be spit upon and he would be struck. Psalm 22, the soldiers would gamble for his garments. Psalm 22 and more, that the Messiah would be mocked and ridiculed. Zechariah chapter 12, that the Messiah's hands and feet would be pierced. Psalm 109, that the Messiah would still pray for his enemies. Psalm 24, the Messiah was sent into heaven after Psalm 16 said he would be resurrected from the dead. I believe those promises of the Old Testament. There's almost 300 of them talking about the day Jesus would come and what Jesus would do. They were fulfilled by him. And I believe in Jesus because I believe that he lived and he taught according to God's truth. If he said it, he did it. And if he did it, he meant it. When he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, he meant it and he was. He said, I'm the good shepherd and he is. He says, I'm the beginning and the end, he is. He's the bread of life, the light of God. He's the gate for God's kingdom. His life shows each one of those statements to be true. I believe that he is Lord of Lord and I believe he is King of Kings. Because when he stepped foot in the very beginning of chapter of Mark's gospel, when he entered the face, the demons trembled in fear, wondering, have you come to destroy us already? It's not yet your time. And he said, shut up and go away. Demons. And when the storms raged, he said, be calm, be still. And they did in obedience, creation did. Disease was healed by his power and love. Death was defeated three times. And then personally defeated by him as he rose out of the greatest Lord of life. And I believe that Jesus can and will forgive us our sins. There is nothing so big in your life that Jesus' love is bigger. His love is bigger than our biggest mistakes. If we think otherwise, we are God's too small. His love is bigger than the worst thing I can do. And I believe that because he forgave the guys who drove the spikes into his hands and the spikes into his feet. Father, forgive them. When they ridiculed, when they spat on him, when they, be, they abused his body, Father, forgive them. When his best friends and his disciples abandon him, Father, forgive them. If he can forgive that, he can forgive us. And I believe that he rose from the dead. 
Because he repeatedly told those around him who would hear, even if they didn't like it, that he was going to be betrayed, he was going to be abused, and he was going to die. He told them that at least three times. And on Thursday and Friday, that happened. Then he told those around him that he was going to come back. He was not going to stay dead, that there was going to be a victory coming on the first day of the week. And that happened just as he said. He keeps his words. He told them that he would proceed in front of them to Galilee. And he did just that. He told them that he would prepare a place for them. And he would bring them to that place. And he's done that. Because of all that God the Father has promised because of all that Jesus did, say, and taught, because of all that, his friends believed him. And because of God's witness in and through those believers from that day until today, because of that line of believers, you and I believe the same story, the same good news. Faithful examples of God's word They have been presented from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. From the time that Jesus walked until the time that we walk and we sit in this place today. That is a great faith legacy that we are participating in now. God's children together today around the world are gathering. And as we gather, we Remember these events. We're saying to the world, we will not forget. You know, when I hold the Bible and I hold this little thing, it's like I'm declaring, I will not forget. And we will never forget. And we will not be silent. And no matter what we face in this world, we will not be timid or afraid. Because our God is a promise keeper. He has defeated sin. He has defeated the devil. He has defeated death. He is Lord of all lords. He is King of all creation. And He has prepared a place for us in heaven, and He will take us to that place. Our God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is a promise keeper. And we are His. And we believe. Our Easter announcement. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let's do that one more time. That was, we could do it a little bit louder. I did, you thought maybe it was part of the sermon message. The sermon part's done. Amen to that. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.